This is Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready. We're about to live in your head rent-free. So welcome to episode 210. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Marcus. And I'm Cajun. So you may have noticed there is one name missing. Uh, Francis is not with us today. It seems those uh, serpent and beavers guys managed to make another uh, quantum gap portal deal and for some reason have snatched That's Francis the technical up. term for that the <laughs> the deal, deal the deal and I'm not sure why they popped into the Baxter building and snatched Francis up oh he said snatched <laughs> <laughs> oh, not even, it. Not not even into the topic of the do you show do, you do remember it. the classic line out of that that Disney is the only ones that can get away with saying we're going to snatch that pussy and put it in a box and still be <laughs> that, G-rated that's true that's true so, we do have an audio recording, though. Uh, this is the only clue we have, but he managed to get us this. There are four lights. So, um, you know, Francis, hang tough, buddy. Uh, the emperor here is, is working on his own quantum gap. He's got it all boxed in with Lexan, and mm-hmm. um, as soon as he can get that stabilized... I think we're headed. Uh, it's the blowback that's the problem. Yes, that. yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So, it is. So he's got to he's got to get that quantum gap contained in that two inch Lexan. But then we're going to jump into the uh, uh, mirror universe. Cage and I are going to mount a uh, rescue operation. So it's it's time to lock and load here. Wait, wait what was the phrase that was being used earlier? Uh, get strapped and right. mount and mount an operation. Right, they're going to get strapped on and mounted. <laughs> That's what I heard. And he's done you snatch and box. He's only got one more word to go that equal Disney. Yeah, yeah. Can he work that in? Probably. I'll, I'll try. Well, I'll Mark try. does have several we're, walking around here. We're yes. not even five minutes into this. No. Well, I like it. I Two like and it. a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And that's a long time for most of us. I understand. <laughs> All right. So today's topic, uh, we're diving back into our pop culture history. Uh, because we never really did pop culture. We did history of pop culture <laughs> all of our pop culture episodes. Well, that's because we're Gen X. As far as we're concerned, mm-hmm. you know, pop culture ended in, in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, like the last album I bought was probably uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers in like 2000. <laughs> you know, so that was the last new new CD I bought. Um, so we've titled this episode Movies for A New Hope. Um, so... If you haven't listened to one of the movies episodes in a while, the premise here is it's not movies that we seek out, but it's when you're, you know, flipping channels on your streaming service. Mm-hmm. What movie do you stop on if you find it? So now we haven't decided who will uh, will go first here. Uh, we're hanging out at the farm at uh, Studio I, the Imperator's home. Mm-hmm. Also known as the uh, Our Feckin' Farm. That's right. And it's, uh, you know, on the Palatine Hill, you know, just up the steps from the Capitol. So uh, he is in, in command here in the game room. So I think... It's amazing how many shows we do in game rooms. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the only spaces our wives let us have. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. They want to stay away from it. Well, did you ever notice as you, you know, not Cajun... Since you've had experience with multiple wives, yes. Uh, a, a, but knowing your personality, I don't know how often this would have come up for you. But for most of us who are married, 
you find out that, you know, when you start out in a married life, you know, you got all, you bring all your stuff together into the house. And as the years go by, you discover that your stuff gets put into a progressively smaller space as the years go on. Yes, I call that the mm-hmm. big bang happening. Remember <laughs> Penny and Leonard when Penny started getting rid of Leonard's yes, stuff slowly yes. and putting it in the closet and storage? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. See now, same thing. Yes, I've had them try I'm, that on me. It usually is not successful. Yeah. See, I'm not having that problem, but I keep building. I'm getting ready to add a, a big pole barn here for all of my other stuff. But the then, outside toys. But then the the solution I had for for the misses is, uh, we are building her a whole nother house. We're actually building two. That uh, works. That works. Yeah. She wants one. She, she she's getting one down in the bottoms. And then one on the lot. Wait, she's getting back. one in the bottom? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mrs. Imperator has just uh, uh, gained a lot of fans, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, this has slid downhill rapidly. Hey, yes, yes. Rapidly. So, we, we really need to talk to Rabbit Hole Bourbon and, and get them <laughs> mm-hmm. as a sponsor because, you know. Well, I mean, that may be a rabbit hole there they don't want anything to do with. Well, but. that's true. That's true. But I, I, would there like to anybody like to volunteer to go first go with their first. movie? Oh, go good, first. Robert. Thank you. Um, Thank you yeah. for rescuing the captain here. Yes. And, and it, it, yeah, this. I'm going first, Ed, which is uh, quite frankly a freaking excuse me a feckin' miracle. Yes, got to use the uh, the appropriate the, pro- word the proper term. Yes, it's a feckin' miracle because I had to ask Martin before we started, what are we doing today? <laughs> because uh, longtime listeners know I am not a prepare ahead kind of guy for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but as I was thinking about this, you know, because we've done this now several times, and it's really hard to come up with yeah, I mean, we're, new movies. Yeah, we've done Electric Boogaloo, and, and we've done, uh, well, what did we call number three? Oh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't remember. Uh, you've, you've got Trello. Go back to Oh, so your favorite movie is Boogie Nights, then? <laughs> <laughs> we, we keep trying to name these after uh, sequels to things, so. Right. So, uh you know, looking at the list of movies that we've done, you know, there's a lot of crossover too uh, for all of us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. in the movie. So that's what makes it even worse. Um, but I'm going to go to a, to an early 80s movie. We've talked about this movie several times on the show, but we have not mentioned it in the uh, favorite, uh, favorite movies thing yet. So I'm going to go with Silverado. Yes, very Silverado's nice. Silverado excellent. wonderful. Excellent. Uh, fun mm-hmm. western from the early 80s and it's got a bunch of guys in it that and women that you just normally don't associate with the westerns mm-hmm. and yet they pull it off you know uh it, it's just got s- such great humor it's got well brian Dennehy, I, I Dennehy, he could he could play any good any bad guy in a western or anything um really because i'm hearing it just fine so Whatever, really. So I, I find this rather ironic, is because <laughs> Imperator here is telling me to, to speak into the microphone. Imperator is the worst of us at not yes. speaking into the microphone. I, I am indeed. Whereas you would think he would be used to mouthing all over that sort of thing, but mm. uh, anyways, yeah. um, it, it, Brian Dennehy is he's great bad guy. I I agree. Guy. It's the performance of the yeah. film. As yeah. good as everybody else was, Danny Glover and everybody, Danny, he's the performance of the film. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Klein pulled a lot of that along, too. I think yeah, him so. and his uh, associates with Linda Hunt. I said Hunt, too. Don't look at me like that. Yes. Yes. Uh, she was fantastic. She was excellent. And I, mm-hmm. I always 
respond to her in NCIS Los Angeles playing yeah, Kitty. Yeah. I mean, wonderful character actor. Also, the actress. shout out Mapes in Dune mm-hmm. from the 80s. <laughs> Uh, that is not the movie I'm picking, by the way. That, then we, that is not one of my all-time favorites. I have to stop and watch. Uh, yeah, I always saw a lot of death in Linda and her acting. I mean, yes, she's mm-hmm. she's very good. Um, you know, just everybody in that. Just it was just a fantastic, well-written. Uh, John Cleese has a great yeah. bit yes. in that. Yeah, very much. Today, mm-hmm. my jurisdiction ends here. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's just such great bits. The whole thing. I don't know. I don't know who wrote it or. Uh, directed it because I don't I don't pay attention to that the way you guys do, um, but it's just, I, I, I know that it's just one of those movies that it doesn't matter you know yeah every little bit Kevin Costner one of his earliest roles mm-hmm. where he is just such a goof and he's a great goof. Okay, it was directed by Lawrence Kasdan and That's it was written right. by him and his brother Mark. Okay, well, yeah. see now that explains because Kazan, he's he's they were they were big timers yeah. in the early eighties. They yes. they were well, actually, when you come down to it, this was the reemergence of westerns back in the mainstream again that had been gone for quite a while. Yes, yeah. yes, Pro- close to well over ten years. So this is I mean, what eighty two or eighty three on this movie? Eighty five. Really? I was thinking it was early eighties. Yeah, nope, so I mean eighty five. So yeah, you're talking you're fifteen talking, years. Well, they probably filmed it in eighty two, eighty three. By the time it was. Cut and yeah. finished up, probably 85 when it came out. So, yeah, that would have been eight, nine years, probably after uh, John Wayne made The Shootist. The well, Shootist was 78 or 79, Some, I think. 77, 78, okay. something like you're right. Not long into that. You're absolutely right. So, it, I mean, it's there's not a huge gap where Westerns disappear, but they tail off. They don't, they don't just fall away well, well they disappeared the from the box office i mean we yeah. still saw occasional ones with uh johnny cash chris christopherson and stuff yeah. in the made for tv westerns yeah. and so forth even, along that lines but even looking at the shooters you almost you almost can't count that it, because it's john wayne's last gasp it's it yeah i mean it's it's practically an elegy for the western yes yes because it, and and so they had tailed off significantly in the 70s and then Lonesome Dove was a major TV uh, and, right, about yeah. for Westerns, but Ooh. we had not seen anything in the box office until they came out with Silverado yeah. 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 at this time. Mm-hmm. And it, it just it's just one of those rare movies that combines comedy, wit, great acting, and serious material. You know, yeah. There's a good love story. There's a good revenge story. Mm-hmm. There's you know just all kinds of different themes and, and things and it's all just seamlessly melded it, together. There's a, a a really nice theme running through it of accept people for who they are. Yes, yes, yes. Don't don't jump to a conclusion about the character just from the appearance, mm-hmm. and and for them to treat. Uh, the Danny Glover character. Well, in fact, when you say that, too, Linda Hunt, too, because when yes. uh, Klein is looking over the ball to see how she got up that tall, and she's done adapted the ball where she had a slope going up mm-hmm. that brought her up the level to serve. Yeah. She checked and changed her surroundings, not yes. herself. Yeah. The world is what you make it, she told him. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. That's uh, and a that's, that's a great quote. The world I mean, is what you make it. Yeah, that, so, that's a fantastic That's thing. very much, yeah, where it all is, you know, not – you know, it's not a just everybody's alike mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's there's a lot right. of differences, and Jeff Goldblum was terrific, even in, oh, yes. in his little small as a gambler. Kinda, yeah, yeah, kind of little, you know, 
not really a bad guy, but sort of just that uh, opportunistic, uh, amoral, amoral. I would wh- say whichever would whichever side him. he thought was going to win. He, he was what we would call chaotic neutral. Yeah, because it, using the D and D parlance, pretty much. Yeah, uh, you know, he he was basically for himself at any given moment, yeah. and if he saw an advantage mm-hmm. in helping out Kevin Klein, great, great. But if he mm-hmm. if he saw it the other way, that's where he went. Yep. And, and you know that's you need a character like that. He's the he's the trickster character in the movie. Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the trickster character, and he's he plays an important role. It's minor, but he plays an yeah. important role in in the movie. I would think you could compare him to Doc Holliday before he met up and rode with Wyatt and pretty much got a better handle on his moralities. Mm-hmm. I would say Doc Holliday would have been that type of person early that, that's on. That's probably fair. Ga- yeah. Going around and gambling and so forth. Opportunistic and mm-hmm. whatever benefited him at the time. Yeah, yeah. only without the consumption. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was the uh, what was the name of Denny's character? Do you Cobb. saw it? Cobb. 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 Yes, yep. yes, yes. That Cobb damn dog. <laughs> that damn dog. <laughs> that damn dog. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I... I really like that you made part of that a kind of a celebration of Brian Denny. He's terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just absolutely just, terrific. Loved him and just like everything he was ever in. Yeah, he, he was just phenomenal. He's just one of those guys that he can chew a scene like very few modern actors. He's like mm-hmm. a, a, a walking teddy bear. Yeah. You know, that great big old guy, but you're not intimidated by him. Until he wants you to be. Until you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then until he, he wants you to be. Yeah. Sounding like a man crush. I will never uh, not hear Brian's name and not think of Cocoon from back in the day. The movie Cocoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's been forever since I saw that. I don't remember him in that. Yeah. But, I mean, I saw it, but it's like yeah, it's I saw forever. it once back then. Yeah. He's good in uh, FX and FX2. Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. yeah. fun. Yes. They're fun movies. I mean, they're, they they're not you know Academy Award winners, but they're fun yeah. little movies. Was not- he the sheriff in uh, First Blood? Yes. No. Yes. Was he? Yes. Yeah, yes, I thought so. Brian yeah. Dennehy in first place. Okay. Yes. Damn, that was so long ago. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. even so, associate. Yeah, and now that's and a that's, great pairing. That's right about the mm-hmm. same time, too, because that's first blood's 81. Early, yeah, it's in the early. So it's yeah, in yeah. that same window of his career right there. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. And, you had to get Stallone to have somebody that could intimidate <laughs> Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Oh, that was, but yeah, just it, it's just one of those great ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even uh, there's very few women in the movie compared because you know it's a western. There's usually yeah, uh, yeah best one, usually dance one damsel, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and you know she's she's great. She she is a uh, uh, oh shoot, I'm blanking on her name. Um, uh, Which character? Uh, the Kevin Klein's love interest. She was in Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh yes, Patricia yes. Arquette. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna Arquette. It was an Arquette. Yes. Rosanna Arquette. Yeah. Uh, Surrender Dorothy. <laughs> Surrender Dorothy. She she did a great job because you know she's a very beautiful woman, mm-hmm. very young at this, but you know she's she's very determined to go and farm, and she's mm-hmm. telling Kevin Klein, he says, "Look, this is a hard life I've chosen, and you are not gonna. I'm not gonna be the same woman in ten years." And, you know, she, I've never seen a woman try to push off a man so hard before. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I usually don't have that problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways. <sighs> yeah, we'll go I'll with that. I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> uh, 
anyways. Uh, but yeah, just great. All the major characters, just great performances mm-hmm. all the way around. All the way. Cool. Around. Yeah. Cool. And a and a celebration of Brian Denny. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. So Cajun. Oh, almost forgot. Got shout out to Scott Klein. You got to mention him. <laughs> and he's the only major character actor I think that uh, we didn't. Mention. Oh, Scott Glenn. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 As, uh, yeah. as yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner's brother, older brother, mm-hmm. uh, uh, another great one because you know he's in the scene when they go and ride into the to the cattle rustlers hideout, mm-hmm. and where yeah. he's you know talking about how uh, somebody some guy told him about this uh, <laughs> this hideout, and you know there's a whole big posse. He just. It's just fantastic. Mister, I don't know any of those names you're talking about, and you brought a posse to my best hideout. Yeah. (laughs) Just great stuff. Just great stuff. All right, Cajun. All right. Take your turn, man. Well, considering the time of the year and when this episode will be dropping. Oh, boy. I'm going to go with, it's a wonderful, no, 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 just kidding. (laughs) Actually, I'm going to go with the Santa Claus, Tim Allen. The first oh, one. Okay. This time of year, flipping through, I see that, I stop, and that man makes me laugh. I've always been a Tim Allen fan, all the yeah. way back to Home Improvement and his latest endeavors. Mm-hmm. And good for you, He man. made good, clean comedy again come back with a little saltiness on the side, but nothing, not like his earlier days when he first debuted, of course, in the comedy clubs. Didn't you we all, all sh- have to remember his original name was not Tim Allen, it was Tim Dick. <laughs> Which I always loved the story they told at a restaurant when I said, I asked him if he had a reservation. He goes, Yes, party of four for Dick. And the waitress just got appalled at him, or the stewardess, or the receptionist, whatever you want to call her. And his wife steps up and said, I'm Mrs. Dick, and we do have that reservation. Now, that is an awesome story. <laughs> But anyway, The Santa Claus, it's one of them good feel good movies that's uh, going on 20 years old now. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. forever. It came out since in I 1994, it. so it's probably 20 years ago that it was being made. Mm-hmm. Isn't there isn't there a new one this year? Uh, actually, there's a TV. Uh, Disney Plus had let's see, last year I think they did a six episode run, mm-hmm. and then this year season two was like three or four episodes. It was a shorter one this year. Oh, I thought there was an actual movie this well, year. Well, there's been three movies. They're talking about coming out with a fourth movie, but that mm-hmm. hasn't quite made it yet. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a series. Oh, they've been doing a series on Disney Plus, continuing the story. Yeah, the Santa Clauses. Oh, okay, yeah. I have to look, mm-hmm. I have to look for that. And yeah, it's great. It always movie. makes me laugh. It's just good. I was mm-hmm. flipping through last night, and it happened to come on and watch that and Santa Claus too. Now the third one, eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That one never has quite grown on me with the Jack Frost storyline they're taking right, over, right, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right though. That is that is a great movie. There's uh, great bits in that. Uh, very rare to find a movie that uh, is full of family entertainment that is still watchable. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, stuff gets so dumbed down uh, for the family entertainment stuff that it's almost unwatchable. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it's just. But that's not. You're right. That that is one that it, it is has many all levels. Ages. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, youngest up to adults for that humor there that will catch that the kids won't. I mean. It's yep. just a good, feel-good, warm movie. Sitting back, yep. laughing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, when he's walking down the street, and you know, Bobby, nice list. You know, uh, Joey, naughty list. Victoria, naughty list. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. Refresh my brain. Who else appears in in that? 
Oh, let's see. Oh, head. head elf. Um, he's a character actor. Uh, oh shoot, David Krumholtz, Bernard yes. Elf. Yes. Are oh, you talking about the other short little elf coat? No, 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 the head, the head elf. David okay, Krumholtz. he was in the first and the second, and then he disappeared in the third. Ah, okay. He had Is a that... conflict of filming. Yeah. And then he came back at least in one mm-hmm. episode of the T- Disney Plus TV series. Nope. Okay. Uh, Wasn't Martin Short in that? Uh, in one of them. That was he was the Jack Frost. Wasn't he was yeah, Jack he Frost. Was Jack the Frost. third one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, who was the Who was the wife in the second one? The Mrs. Claus. Oh. Let me see here. Uh, but the, they were all just you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of those things where... Yeah, she was the principal, the teacher of his son, Elizabeth Mitchell. Okay. Okay, okay. yeah. Elizabeth Mitchell. But you realize that Tim Allen is 70 years old this year? <laughs> wow. Wow. It did not even dawn on me until I hadn't looked that up last night when I was watching the Santa Nick, Claus. Nick Jagger, 81. What's worse, though, when you're out and you're walking around and you say, man, that is some old fucker. And you realize, oop, pardon my... Oop. <laughs> <laughs> you did I it again, third time. Uh, and you realize... I'm the same age as that guy. I went to school with him. <laughs> Do you realize that we are, for the most part, 10 years older than everyone was when they started in Cocoon? <sighs> yeah. But you know what? We look a lot better than We them. We do look a lot better. Yeah, well, yeah. some part of it was the hairstyles. They had old hairstyles back. Yeah. Well, Wilford Brimley, he looked ninety when he was twelve. He did indeed. You know, I mean, oh, and just for any of the fans out there wondering, yeah, you could look at me and say, "Hey, that's Santa Claus coming in my window." Oh, I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> everybody just looks at me and goes, "Hey, sexy." <laughs> hey, there's women out there that's got a thing for Santa Claus. I'm still trying to figure out who's true. calling him sexy besides his wife. Actually. She's kind of obligated. No, no. Actually, we went and we met a, a couple, nice people. Uh, we were going there to. Can you tell fact, this story? Bought, yes, I can. Where was we, the location? We, I'm we, were, we, we, were buy, we were buying a chair off of them. And, um, not a swing. Not a swing. A chair. Like an actual uh, a regular chair, chair. Sit in, not a. It was an act. It was actually a beautiful, not uh, a wedge, or a beautiful Herman whatever. Miller Aeron chair. Okay, okay. And um, we were talking to him for a while, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the wife just kicks in with, "My God, you're just a handsome man, aren't you? You're just gorgeous with those." Those eyes and that hair. Trying to get you to pay more for the chair. And uh, yeah, I think that's what it was. No, Victoria and her went on went on for for a while. The missus and her went on for a while. It was it was actually quite fun. I haven't had that happen in decades. Now uh, that part I believe. Yes, yeah, that, that's, yeah, I was probably there the last time. So, uh huh. Or Robert probably was. <laughs> quite possibly. Yeah. Yes. I get so tired of hearing your eyes and your eyelashes are just so beautiful. I know. I mean, and then you got the ones that say, I'd like to put some mascara on them eyelashes. Well, he's had that happen. I've had that happen. Yes, but he was doing it by to himself. Uh, yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> the Emperor is a pretty good makeup artist, though. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. I did uh, makeup for one of the, the plays that we did. Uh, it was uh, yes. Temptations. And, yes. And... Uh, the uh, one who's playing uh, Stoff, Mephistopheles, she said, I need you to come over and do my makeup for my dates. So 
There you go. I can do mm-hmm. very good makeup as well. Robert's a good makeup artist also. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, Might have missed a calling. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. As a drag queen. No, no. I, I refuse to shave my legs. Well, you didn't shave your legs for the stage shows. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I refuse to sh- Well, you shave. don't have to shave. You know, would I really want to be around anybody? That wouldn't Trimming is legs? appreciated, though. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. A little manscaping never hurt any man. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So this is wow. off the rails. <laughs> this is way off the rails. Off the... Imagine that. We're at the Imperator's think... house, and we have gone down every one of these mm-hmm. roads. Mm-hmm. I think it's the environment that is... Uh, yeah. Possibly. Because you don't know what's going on out here in the country. You know, mm-hmm. you think it's all sedate and calm, and but you never know. And somebody's, somebody's shooting off rockets and... Deliverance. Firing off, <laughs> off blowing up, automatic Blowing up stuff. And blowing up stuff, and... Shooting themselves. Walking around naked in the yard and stuff like yeah. that. Buying chairs and mm-hmm. knows what. Anyway, so, so as captain, I guess it's my responsibility to let's see if we to, can put this. Rain this in. Yeah. Try to get oh, this back on schedule. It. So let's let's go ahead and stop for a moment. Do our. Thank you, Robert. Bourbon break. Mm-hmm. Well done, sir. Um, so we're, we're helping Robertus uh, polish off some of his stash. So he has an excuse to go buy more. Exactly. Is, uh, he and I are starting to collect some uh, unopened You're polishing bottles. his what? See, there we did it again. I, I, I left the knob creek at home. <laughs> okay. That's probably a good thing. Way this is going. So anyway, we've we've poured, uh, all three of us are poured some of his Elijah Craig. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is a show favorite because I, I love it. I've always, mm-hmm. always loved it. Yes. This is uh, one of those ones that um, it, it, it's small batch, uh, which generally... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a bottle of, of the Elijah Craig that's not a small batch. Yeah, that's you know that's that's their standard. Right. Judging it's, by the smell, I'm going to guess slightly above 100. No, it's only a 94. Oh, only a 94. So that's it. Usually runs about 30 bucks a bottle. Yeah, uh, I saw, almost picked almost picked up another bottle just because I saw it on sale for 25. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Can't beat that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know it's not a. Actually, there's a little. There is, that bottle. There is, it's one of those that's kind of creeped up a touch in price over the years. It, it was more of a 22 and then kind of a 28. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah, it, and it's one of those uh, mini bottles that, that I think could go for a little bit higher price if they really wanted to. Um, but, you know, there's so many different bourbons on mm-hmm. the shelf anymore that, you know, it, it's hard to pick where you want to slot your bourbon uh, for your for the sales you want, because yeah, you know, it, it's not one that's going to compete with a Booker's. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, no. But it's also better than you know uh, a twenty dollar bottle of uh, or a fifteen dollar bottle of very old Barton. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it's one that I think could go a little bit higher. Uh, it's like a Basil Hayden, although Basil Hayden has gone up in price mm-hmm. in the last five years yeah. or so. Yeah, uh, they are now closer to retailing for forty. Uh, you can yeah. generally get it in that thirty-five dollars. Right, right about where the Yellowstone is. That's yes. kind of that's another one of our kind of favorite uh, price p- points yeah. there. Um, so uh, we are all drinking this neat. Uh, well, not neat because we uh, Martin and I have, a- have added water. I've mm-hmm. stayed neat with just a little chasing of water. Yeah, because yeah. you know we like to to help that bloom a little bit. So uh, mm-hmm. Martin, what are you getting out of this with without the ice today? With just that little bit of water. Um. It's a little woodsy, I really like, <clears throat> and uh, fairly mellow. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of the 
what do you call those, the, the, the chemicals you're supposed to blow off at the top of it there? The ethanol. The ethanol a little bit. It's still got a touch of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that kind of comes back up on me, but other than that, it's I still... get that in the mouth quite a bit. Yeah. That's that's where yeah. that really. Um, but you know, I think you're right. That's nah, like... that one's too easy. <laughs> uh, I I do get that that little bit woodsy when I mm-hmm. uh, when I first uh, drink. You know, and you get that uh, uh, that whiff as you're about to drink. Uh, very much a, a sweet cream, almost a creamy. Uh, it's a... heavy on the vanilla. Uh, yeah, and, caramel, yeah, vanilla, yeah. caramel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's caramel that I'm catching, and not. I was thinking maybe chocolate, but caramel no, no, might yeah, be I, I more think caramel right. is caramel yeah. would be more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, caramel is like very common. Uh, you know, that it is. That, that's going to come out of these. Some it's more subtle than others. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not getting any kind of citrus or anything like that. I no, I didn't. Oh. I didn't get any. No, I did actually. I, I made a few notes when we first started out, and I pulled up what the tasting notes are. To oh, there. excellent. Oh, good. Yeah, see, I'm not getting. So, what kind of citrus? Because I'm not really getting. Okay, one. well, it does say citrus, but what I pulled out first was the caramel. Of course, is a mm-hmm. sweet part. I put down citrus, tobacco, anise, and apricot. Now, what I ended up coming up with here when I looked it up, it said caramel and vanilla, followed by some nuttiness, citrus, mm-hmm. cherry, which the fruit, probably, I was yeah. thinking apricot, yeah. licorice, which would be anise, yeah. anise yeah. flavor to me that I pulled mm-hmm. out, oak, cinnamon, and clove. Clove is probably where I'm okay. attributing it to tobacco. Possibly. If you've ever been around clove cigarettes, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a similar alternative uh, I didn't even think about clothes. I was picking it up as a tobacco, so not too far off on several. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's reminiscent of the baking spice type stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, like an all spice mix. All Does spice. that mention what the uh, uh, percentages are on the on the grains? Mm, let's see. Because I'm thinking there's a, a, a fair amount of rye in this, just because I'm finishing with a, a little peppery uh, taste, not huge. Uh, but I'm getting a, yeah, pepper, that's a that, spicy finish. That's that clove comes in on the back end. Is that's, that what that that's, is? That's a real, yeah, that, that's really at the yeah, end. Yeah, the cinnamon and the clove is giving you the spiciness. I don't think there's a high percentage of rye in this. I'm trying to find it here. That's the one thing that, that really bothers me about uh, uh, a lot of bourbons is, I mean, I don't need your exact mm-hmm. uh, mash bill, but I would like to know. Give me a hint. Roughly. A roughly, yes. Uh, and and an age statement, but mm-hmm. almost nobody does an age statement anymore. Yeah, no, they've backed away from that. They rather yeah. say small batch and keep it more generic like mm-hmm. that, because they found that they don't have to age it for ten years or eight years and still have that same flavor. Well, there's, with there's, some of the scientific advancements exactly. in storage now, they can shorten that time down. Keep the same quality of flavor without having been in the warehouse as long. Well, mm-hmm. and uh, I forget who was it we talked to. Was it was it Rabbit Hole or I, somebody we were talking to? They they were doing a variation on the Jefferson's Reserve where they you know that was the oh uh, no oh, that was on the Ohio River yeah they're doing on it on the, the Ohio on the certain areas on oh, the Mississippi. Some uh, on the Mississippi, so, some yeah. on Ohio. It's yeah. down up near where the Mississippi and Ohio meet. It They've only a, got certain Ingram. areas they can run back and forth on. Yeah. Right, without running it was that, of, that was at Ingram, right? I, I don't remember. I remember right. where that sounds they were. right. Because I had Ingram. trouble remembering for a while there what it was in Ingram, I think. Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot that are doing that something similar. Like the, I, I don't remember who it was, but I remember reading about uh, some distiller that is uh, they're not exactly shaking the barrels, mm-hmm. but they're uh, getting more motion 
with the barrel to, to get the, the bourbon to slosh around to mm-hmm. simulate that motion on the river or yeah. on the ocean like Jefferson. The I wonder if you could simulate that with a sound application. Well, and there are ones that do that too. With vibration um, instead I've, of movement in itself. The bourbon podcast, I forget who it was. Um, if you go to their Rick houses, they are always playing some kind of music. If it happens to be your birthday, then that week you get to pick whatever music is being played in the Rick house. Excellent. So, <laughs> but, do, but there are experiments with that. I'm not surprised. Oh, mash bill for this is 78% corn, 10% rye, 12% malted barley. Okay, so it's a low rye, but it it's is a rye. Low rye. Yeah, no it's wheat. a low rye. Yeah, yeah. No, no wheat. wheat, and um, it's malted barley, which is giving it some of that oakyish, mm-hmm. woodsy taste to yeah. it. Yeah. I would I mean, say. Oh, yeah. yeah, your starter, your malted yeah. barley. Uh, it has a very nice uh, finish, though. It's, it's uh, subtle. Uh, so, you know, it takes a while for you to really get that warmth mm-hmm. in the chest to get that Kentucky hug going. But um, it, and it's not a real heavy hug either. No, it's no. Low no. key, like. Very low key, yes, yes. It's a mellow bourbon. It is. It is. It's, uh, it's a nice sipping bourbon. Uh, you know, you could probably, especially at, at this price point, you could use this as a decent mixer for a quality cocktail. Do not. Put Coke in your bourbon, people. <laughs> That's what Jack and Rum are for. I just posted an article on that. Yes, I saw that. Uh, yeah, yes. where they're, they're saying anything with caffeine, do not use it to mix with your drinks. Well, they're warning that you're going to get drunk you're faster gonna get, because yeah, you ain't going to notice it. Not that it's actually bad, bad for Yeah, you. <laughs> you're going to get drunker quicker and you're not going to notice how drunk you're getting. Well, right, because it keeps you alert. Because uh-huh, it keeps that alert going. It, it tricks you into thinking you're not as drunk as you are. Yeah, it, it takes out the depressive qualities in the alcohol. Hence exactly. the Red Bull bombs these days yes. and such. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, but yeah, this is one that uh, I think would pair nicely with some of the uh, the cocktails that we had at uh, Bourbon Fest. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really want to recreate that uh, that uh, caramel apple one we had. Uh, yeah, that was Jeff Creed, wasn't it? Yes, Jeff yeah. Creed mm-hmm. that had that with one. Yes. The, it was yeah. rye whiskey and the apple cider and the caramel. Was it called mm-hmm. the rye surprise? I think is what they called it. Something like that. I don't recall exactly. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, it was it was like drinking a caramel apple. Yeah, uh, very dangerous. That's one that uh, you know you could easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I've been going to here. You know, mixing the mixing the bourbon and the uh, apple cider since it's available. Yeah, and you know there was a time when you know I thought that would be the worst thing, but I'm I'm coming around. But it, again, it depends. Yeah. I still ref, I still refuse to touch a mint julep. That that's just an abomination before the Lord. Now I don't mind them once a year really? during the season time. Yeah, I, I just think that's nasty. Um, it's one of those things fun. that it's only has appeal in certain places, like the infield at Derby Time, mm-hmm. uh, down at Oak Alley Mansions, down in the plantations. Mm-hmm. They save those when you go through the tour down there, and it has something to do a lot to do with atmosphere of where you're at. Sure, yeah. I, I get that. Uh, I know, but mint just reminds me of toothpaste. So why would yeah. I want to do toothpaste? Exactly, bourbon? and and you know that's one of the problems you have with a lot of the very medicinal bourbons is that. That same flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now the crushed ice when you're making a mint julep with the powdered sugar tossed in, it tones the mint down to a more subtle type flavor. It's not as much as it is in your face as you might think. Yeah, mm-hmm. the powdered sugar because that crushed ice it. melts it fast and yeah. opens up the bourbon and so forth. Yeah, I was not impressed with the uh, the old fashions that we tried at uh, uh, 
bourbon fest. I mean, not everybody makes the same kind of old fashioned. I get that. It is a very, very you recipe. Screw up an old yeah. fashioned. Well, it's not that it was bad. It's just it's like no, this is just. They didn't have a lot of appeal. Yeah, just, yeah, just not something that. Uh, I mean, you know, it didn't make me sick or anything. If I'm going to have an old fashioned, I'd rather have a smoky old fashioned. Mm-hmm. The smoke adds a little bit more to it that appeals to me than without the smoke. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it, it it was it was okay, but just not not something I would go ahead and, and order myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So give me those flavor notes one more time, though, Cajun. Mm, let's see. So caramel, light. caramel and vanilla. Caramel and vanilla, list. followed by nuttiness, citrus, cherry, licorice, oak, cinnamon, clove. Yeah. All the main ones they're saying. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a dozen more hidden underneath that some people pull out, but yeah, the cinnamon and the clove. That's uh, yeah. So Elijah Craig, I, yeah, 94 proof, mm-hmm. small batch. Yeah. Um, about a, we're going to about 28 to 30. Yep. Uh, you can get it on sale occasionally. You know, like I said, I saw it for about 25. Yeah. At, mm-hmm. uh, and it's usually widely available. It's it's not. It is. It's not a hard Disappears. Line. Yeah. No. But um, it's, it's a strong recommend. It is. Know. Especially if you're first starting out, you know. Um, yeah. Th- it's a good one to put on the shelf as a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, because not everybody, one, can afford to go out and buy a $100, $150 bottle of bourbon. This is true. Um, and you don't need to. As we've always counseled. Mm-hmm. You don't need. You can find quality stuff. You can at at eighteen bucks. You can. You can. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I live and die by my Evan Wayne seventeen eighty three. That's right. And that was Evan a fair, yeah. And we uh, That's fifteen bucks. So yeah. used to be. I mean, it's more up in the twenty dollar range now. It has, has jumped it? up. Mm-hmm. So though you'll catch it on sale at Kroger's a lot for eighteen ninety nine these days. It has creeped up some. Kroger's is a good place to go for bourbon on sale. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is. They run competitive prices. I was talking to the guys uh, uh, about this the other day and uh, before the show started. Um, the Kroger's over by my house has, at the time, they still had four or five um, bottles of it in the box mm-hmm. uh, of the of Booker's. And yeah. it was 90 bucks, eighty nine ninety nine. Their retail was 109 Oh, yeah. And... Uh, Liquor store I was at yesterday uh, over on uh, Gardner Lane in the Gardner Lane Shopping mm-hmm. Center. Uh, they had it for their retail was ninety nine, uh, which I was kind of surprised because usually they're a little bit pricier than some of the places I've been. Mm-hmm. But I'm still very seriously wanting to go get that bottle of Booker's um, at ninety because it's it's hard to find. It, yeah, it is uh, this is the time of year to 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 get some of the stuff that's disappears from the shelves. Yeah, it's being released right now. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, and I, and always a welcome Christmas gift. If anyone wants to send uh, the Brotherhood a little something, that's right. That's right. Uh, we, we, we would accept. Well, Pappy, you know, Pappy is always highly encouraged. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'll settle for E.H. Taylor. Right, it's an eagle it. rare. You yeah, know? yeah. Mm-hmm. A little, a little shout to uh, to Andre, brother Andre, joining the Brotherhood those last couple episodes. That E.H. Yeah. E. Taylor was killer. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, you know, I, I'm. I'm not quite getting to the point where I'm a bourbon snob as far as what, it, you know. Yeah. But I am gravitating more and more towards the the higher proof. Uh, I am finding that the higher proof expressions that mm-hmm. I've been trying, uh, especially thanks to Cajun, because uh, <laughs> uh, he, has, he has a number of fine, fine bottles of bourbon that he has allowed us to partake over the mm-hmm. last uh, uh, many months. Uh, but it, just the the flavor uh, is so much richer out of those particular bottles. Now they're not just high proof; they're also uh, aged 
longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that combination I think is just, is just a phenomenal thing, but that pushes you up, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that the best price I've seen on something that is a high proof, you know, longer age, generally you're looking at a $60 bottle and up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And these harder ones to find, if you do find them, you're looking at a minimum of 100 to 130 mm. on average. Right. So so you're leaning more towards the big boy bourbons. Ooh. <sighs> and do you have anything you want to add to, to, the, uh, to the bourbon conversation as opposed to the personal commentary? No. No. <laughs> See, there we go. If Snakes and Otters ever starts a distillery, we'll have to name our bourbon Innuendo. <laughs> there are some marketing possibilities with there that. are well you know Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey innuendo 100 proof I, I can see a silhouette of a very sexy uh, Jessica Rabbit on there or something you know oh, yeah. that yeah. lead to our rabbit hole discussions yeah oh yeah well, yeah, no, well, we can't. Uh, we can't uh, call her that. We'll have to call her Je- Je- Jesse Rabbit or something. Yeah, yeah. little get, change there. I can get right on that. I was gonna say a rabbit's a long time mascot. Yes, uh, of yes. everything we've we've done, going back a long, long, way. long time. Well, yeah. you know, for me that goes back to senior, junior. Oh, better year yet, just redhead rabbit. Of course. There you go. Nice and simple. Mm-hmm. All right. With attitude. That kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. So let's we'll head back. We've got two more movies to do. That's right. Two uh-huh. more movies. So let's let's uh, let's let the Imperator take the uh, take the gavel here and and run with it. Okay. Um, well, the thing I was I was thinking. And if you say uh, Debbie does Dallas, you're excommunicado. Uh, hey, I found that just the other day. That brought back a lot of old memories. Uh-huh. So, was it in a box in your in your attic, or did you come across it on a streaming service? Mm, no comment. No Pro- comment probably no comment. an eight millimeter film. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, this old hard drive I came across. Yeah. Uh, so you did it again, as opposed to a floppy. Right uh-huh. there, you go. There wasn't nothing floppy going on. Yeah, it's still uh, a classic. But uh, again, innuendo no, I, bourbon. I was thinking along the lines of, you know, when you're, you know, the late nights, two o'clock in the mornings and the kind of things that you come okay. across. Uh, and the the epitome of that and one of the things that really uh, the whole film is based on the idea of that 2 a.m. kind of, of watching the TV and seeing what pops up. Is Amazon Women on the Moon, nineteen eighty seven? Number of directors. It's a lot of shorts. Yeah, uh, and they're all on the floor. Yeah, sort of uh, like Kentucky Fried Movie, right? It's uh, sort of the same same concept. Nah, it, it, much better. Oh, okay. Uh, it's good, it's good. it's set along the lines of you know you're you're supposedly watching a 1950s film called Amazon Women on the Moon. Oh, right? wow. It had an interesting and cast, too. It does. It? The cast is amazing. Uh, you have a number <laughs> of directors. Um, you, uh, you know, so it's, it's based along the lines of one of these campy science fiction films okay. from the 50s. Gotcha. And the commercials that keep interrupting that. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, they're hilarious. I mean, you've got everything from, uh, oh, they were talking about the, uh, 
I believe it was the Met that they were going to be selling off the museum. Okay. And they're going through and, you know, they're going through with all these puns and, and things, you know, every Van Gogh must go. Uh, but, uh, oh, and this is the second movie that Rosanna Arquette, she is in that. Yes. And uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Carrie Fisher, Fisher. Yes. Kelly Preston, Egg Bailey Jr. Yes. Monique Gabrielle, Sybil Danning. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh no. It was a huge, huge cast. Uh, Ed Bagley Jr. As the invisible man. That's not so invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes traipsing through a bar buck naked uh, while the cops are going, oh, how is that happening? Oh, my, <laughs> it must be an invisible man. Uh, then you had the one where the kid is watching a porno, and it eventually ends up that uh, the woman on the porno gets shot by her husband, and the police come kicking in the door and drag this kid off. Um, you know, just all sorts of things. Uh, just a hilarious film and very campy. Um, so wow, Brian Cranston was also Brian in Cranston this Breaking Bad Man. Andrew Dice Clay, Clay was in, in here. here. Yeah. So uh, this is one that I, I've got to got to wonder though. How often do you come across this at two a.m.? Actually, I've run across it a couple of times on broadcast TV. Yeah, when? Uh, last time would have been three years ago when I was in a hospital bed. Uh. Are you sure it wasn't uh-huh. just a, a delusion, a no. medication in, induced? No, no. I mean, this is not quite like, you know, coming across Porky's in, you know, 2 a.m. Because, you know, that movie is no. never going to be broadcast. No, no, that's never going to be broadcast. But, yeah, no, I, I, the last time I ran across this was probably between 2 and 3 a.m. on broadcast TV. It uh, wasn't even cable. Uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've run into it a couple of times over the years. I cannot say that. There's a spoof of alumnus 1950s hygiene instructional films featuring there Harry is. Fisher as the woman being harshly advised it's, about it's her hilarious. new sexually transmitted disease. Yes. So well, you run around in the middle of a bikini like that, you know, later in life. You had oh, yeah. to have a few wild times somewhere in there. Exactly. You know, uh no tell what you catch from Job of the Hut, man. I'm telling oh, you, that's that's nasty. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You know, that stuff ain't, ain't gonna get cleaned up by a shot of penicillin on no, no. You know, slug slime is just nasty to begin with. It yeah. mm-hmm. doesn't make a very good lubricant. How would you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I, I like I've let country boys make do. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, please go ahead, Robert. I'm sorry. Uh, so what I find interesting is some of the movies that some of these people have been in. Oh yeah. So Monique Gabrielle, because I was just going through the list and saying, okay, well, you know, what else they've been in. Mm-hmm. And in hers, even though she's known for uh Emmanuel Five, Bachelor Party, Death Stalker Two, and Silk Two, she's the queen of the sequel, apparently. Oh yeah. Uh under actress in 2002, she did a movie called Planet of the Erotic Ape. <laughs> you know, that sounds like Big Bang might have ripped off Penny's movie from mm-hmm. that. Yes, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Oh but my you God. know, that's one of the funniest episodes where she's signing the pictures at the convention and oh, yeah. bragging about her that yeah. he's got it. I saw that just the other night, speaking of the same thing. Yeah, I love movie. that where all the other nerds were like in awe of Leonard. Yeah, mm-hmm. not her, him. Oh, yeah. him. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's even the the movie poster for this is 
is awful. Oh yeah, it's, it's a trip. Awful. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's yeah. I think they did big bag whip that off. It that. is it is camp. Uh, oh yes, yes. Uh, you know, and you know that's that's one of the great things about uh, things that that we grew up with. Yeah, those two a.m. Um, campy movies. Camp is a lost art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, camp stuff, unless it's very mild, you just can't do anymore because there's it. it, it they it tends to go into areas that are no longer acceptable. I I saw a movie at the theater not that long ago. As a matter of fact, I've got the uh, uh, a campaign button in my car for this one. Cocaine Bear. Yes. Yep. Oh, yes. Amazingly campy movie. Uh, the horror in it is just absolute over-the-top camp. Um, that's along the lines of, what was the uh, the dogs, the Talking Dogs movie recently? Oh, I can't think of it. Oh, my gosh. That movie, I, I'm shocked it got made and, and put into theaters mm-hmm. for public consumption because it is the raunchiest movie I have seen in years, but it's all dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they get away with it, but it, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's, if it were people, you could never have made, you know, doing the, instead of dogs doing this, mm-hmm. you could never have done it. Oh yeah. And, but because it's dogs and they're all cute, you know, they can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that kind of stuff, you just can't, you just can't no. do cocaine bear. You could do because it wasn't again. It's animals. It, it is, and it's not but the sexually explicit stuff no, like the no, dogs no. movie. No, no. But uh, I mean, that was a, a Elizabeth Burke. Was it Elizabeth Berkeley or Elizabeth? Um, was it? I, you know, I've yet to watch it. It's in my queue. She's. Online, she, it was her first. It. it was her di- directing debut, and she hit it out of the park. She really did. Oh, I know who you're talking about, but yes, I cannot remember the last name. She was um, in a number of films, uh, but yeah, it was her directing debut, and they were talking about how it was either going to make or break her, and uh, it definitely made... Elizabeth Banks. Banks, that's it. Ah, Banks yes, yes. Berkeley is Showgirls. Yes. Yes. Banks is like actual films. Yes. Right. Uh, she She's the goofy announcer in all the... Uh, 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 the singing movies, uh, Pitch Perfect. Pitch or Perfect. Or... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she's funny in those, too. She's a great comedic actress. She, she is. really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she did uh, She did a serious part in Hunger Games, too, right? Uh, probably. Is I've not like seen those. Effie or something like that? Oh, no. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I've, I've read the books, but because uh, my kids were reading them just voraciously. So mm-hmm. and they were okay. You know, they weren't. Really, but you know they appealed to a certain audience, so they they made a, a mm-hmm. as Francis, dear departed Francis, would say, a bozillion amount of dollars. Yeah, a bozillion oh, yeah. dollars. Oh, speaking of your cocaine bear, MTV Movie and TV Awards, it has been nominated for the best villain. So the bear must have really stood out. <laughs> <laughs> bear was awesome in that movie. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, I oh, highly Carrie, recommend it. Carrie Russell starred in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Oh, Re- Ray Liotta was in this. It yes, was, it was Ray Liotta's last movie before he died. His last film. Mm. Well, wait, what? Last completed one? Because wasn't he somewhere in the Caribbean filming when uh, when he died? No, don't think I so. I thought he was. But I thought it was that, the last completed may, movie. Yes, yeah. is, yes. Well, I, I think you may be. Yeah, correct, you may sir. be correct. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyways, yeah, th- that's one that, you know, the animal rights people, they got all, this is, you shouldn't make fun of this. You know, it's a fun, you know, and yes, the story does not. The, it's the, a bear that got a hold of cocaine. I mean, it kind of actually happened. Apparently, happened. The, he was doing one called Dangerous Waters. So that does sound like that was probably in the Caribbean. Yeah. Now, it has the, a 2023 date on it, too. Yeah, that, the that real cocaine right. bear is in Lexington. Uh, there's a campy, uh, touristy shop there that has the original cocaine bear stuffed, stuffed and cocaine bear made a, it was an odd journey. Um, the, uh, uh, oh, the, the Kentucky, what was it? The Kentucky mafia was, uh, oh, the cornbread, cornbread mafia. They were flying, uh, cocaine bales and the plane had problems. And uh, the guy started dumping cocaine out in these duffel bags, uh, about 87, 90 pounds of cocaine in each one. And he went to jump with the last one, knocked himself unconscious, and they found him the next morning laying in the middle of some guy's driveway with a duffel bag of cocaine. Uh, That was the only cocaine bag that was recovered. Uh. A bear found one of the bags of cocaine, and they found the bear dead later. Yeah, he did not go. Uh, He did not go onto any rampage, but uh, (laughs) he OD'd pretty quick. Well, you know, for for that minute or two, he was the apex predator in the history of the world. (laughs) Uh, But when they did the necropsy on him, they pulled. 87 pounds of cocaine out of the bear's digestive system. Wow. 87 pounds before he died. He got that much down. That's a lot of coke. That is a lot of coke. That could make that last a long time. Yeah. That's, that's, the the <laughs> guy who did Scarface levels uh, on his desk. Uh, so, you know, so the guy who coke. did the necropsy had it stuffed and donated it to the park in Georgia where it was found. Well, the park in the 80s, didn't want to be associated at all with Cocaine Bear. Yeah. So they sold it off to a uh, pawn shop. (laughs) (laughs) No, it gets gets better. I believe it was Waylon Jennings. Yeah, Waylon Jennings was on tour, came, happened to come into that pawn shop, saw Cocaine Bear, bought him. Took him out to Vegas. Because, of course. Yeah, exactly. You know, took him out to Vegas where Cocaine Bear should be. And Cocaine Bear then ended up as the show star attraction in a casino, one of these low end casinos. Well, not when, the Bellagio, not the Bellagio. Not the, yeah, so no. when that when that owner died, the bear ended up with his wife. So she had it. The put, bear had a wife. The bear ended up with this guy's the, the co- casino owner's wife. And they, she had it stuck, put it in her garage. Well, these guys, two guys decided to start a tourist shop back in the 90s and remembered the story of this back in the 80s and decided they had to hunt down Cocaine Bear, that Cocaine Bear was going to be the, the centerpiece of this chachi shop. Oh, and let's get the uh, names uh, here down for the Mr. Cocaine Bear. Pablo 
Escobar was yeah, one. That's one. And oh, another one was Cokie the Bear. I like that one. <laughs> I, I kind of uh, like Pat Pablo Escobar. That's pretty good. I have one of their snow globes uh, and T-shirts and everything and cocaine bear for prison. I wonder how many of those were sold and broken open by uh, stupid people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they have them online, eighteen ninety five for the the the, uh, the snow globe. It's a nice heavy snow globe. Dude, we hit the jackpot. They're selling snow for eighteen ninety five. Mm. Do you know what the street value of this mountain is yes. worth? So they <laughs> yes, we went. So they track these dead. these guys track down the bear. I, I thought you were going to do better off dead when you started out and, talking about an eighties movie there and brought it back. already done it. Yeah, brought it back to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, and I believe the shop is called Kentucky for Kentucky. Uh, it's all Kentucky based, you know, just t-shirts, that kind of crap, bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a whole bunch of cocaine stuff, cocaine bear stuff. So it go. just seems wrong, you know, cause it seems like we should be uh, known more for, for either moonshine or, or weed. If you're talking about yes. illicit stuff. Yes. Uh, cause well, we'll take cocaine bear. Anything yeah. that brings in money. Well, that's yeah. true. Now, if they could do cocaine bear with a bottle of bourbon. Hey, now that's another distillery. Cocaine bear bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be a sub brand. It has a little bear, extra bourbon, bourbon bear. Bourbon bear. Bourbon bear, yeah. All right. All right, let's get this back on track. I, I, nice chubby guy, hairy guy in leather. Okay, well, we definitely need to move <laughs> away from that. Um, assless chaps? Yes, exactly. Which technically they're it's all, all ass. assless, yes. And, but and it sounds better when you say no, assless no, I, I take that back. If they're being worn by a British guy, it's full of ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you were going to say it belongs to somebody else. Oh, no, no. Because <laughs> Martin had a great line about that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's the only reason the 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 pyramids are in Egypt is because they you can't they're too heavy to take back to Britain. Yes, exactly. And I was talking about the oh, one yeah. about uh, yes. everybody in the Marvel universe uh, speaks, speaks Brit- English, speak, speak so English. it must mean that yes. the uh, the Brits colonized the universe. Exactly. It's an, yeah, but they would have taken the Infinity Gauntlet back to the British Museum. Yeah, so yeah, so there would have been nothing to to do well, in the whole a- story. Actually, the Infinity Stones would have been stolen by now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be in a drawer somewhere in uh, in the British Museum. Uh-huh. All right. So last movie, Heat. Heat. Oh my. Again, one of my favorites, uh, Michael Mann, who we've just mm-hmm. discussed uh, in the past. Um, De Niro, Pacino, uh, Tom Sizemore, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd. Um, Say, That's a star-studded cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. Danny Trejo. Don't forget Danny. Yep. Um, I love Danny Trejo. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, awesome. just amazing. And um, Dennis Haysbert. Uh, mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, it's it's the, the it's the first film where Pacino and De Niro appear in the same scenes together. Oh. So they were yes, they both appeared in Godfather Two, but no scenes together. Again, because you know, yeah, uh, De Niro's in all the flashback scenes in Godfather Two, mm-hmm. right? Um, so this is you know, is a thing that you get these two guys, the these well regarded actors at the height of their mm-hmm. popularity and the height of their powers, and put them in the same scenes together. Um, 
So I, was, I just love Heat. I love the story. I love the dialogue. Um, it, it It's just got this great natural way of of the dialogue mm-hmm. really puts you inside the character. Um, you know, the cops talk one way, the bad guys talk another way. So it, it's it's just very real. Mm-hmm. You know, just very real that you're you're in the middle of this and and it's super cool. Uh, Pacino's performance is, is terrific. I love everything he does in it. I've done some of the quotes I think already from Heat. Um Probably. I did. I think I did. Uh, you get killed walking your doggy, um, <laughs> and that's one of the scenes of there. He's getting the tip from the informant. I think I did that during the pandemic. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, anything can happen. Why, you know, don't live in fear. Mm-hmm. You, you could be all prepared for the pandemic and and still walk out in front of a car. Um, oh yeah. So so that was you know. But if you'd worn your mask, you would have been safe. <laughs> Except for the three thousand pounds of Detroit steel, it twisted metal, and you know, mm-hmm. flaming carbon uh, materials that are surrounding you. So sadly, most of them aren't made in Detroit anymore. <laughs> Did they make anything in Detroit anymore? What? <sighs> I know we're very disappointed about the Honolulu Blue from Thursday. Well, that's because Martin jumped on the bandwagon and, and jinxed him. And jinxed him, yes. I was I was rooting hard for the Lions on Thursday, and the, yeah. un, the unfortunate uh, Thanksgiving tradition of them getting beat continues. It's like, yes. mm-hmm. so they're still in their last twenty-one games, sixteen and five. They oh, are, yeah, they yeah. are on a serious. Yeah, run. it's a much improved team. Yes. That I think still believes in each other, and I think they still believe in in golf. So that's oh, cool. absolutely, that's good. Golf actually had a good game. the The only issue with him uh, in that game was he had the the bad fumble, uh, which was and not that, really his. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that one was a really tight call. I mean, yeah, the another set of refs might have given him the benefit on that call and and call it incomplete. Right, and exactly. It, it just kind of snowballed on them, and they just weren't able to get any traction after that play. Right, uh, that I mean, fumble return for the touchdown. Yeah, that was you know it just it set a bad tone early. Yeah, um, very much. And you know uh, we talked about it. You know they they just they lost the game in the trenches. In yeah. my opinion, that, that's, yeah. That well, and, and, that and not converting the fourth. That well, which again is losing the game in the trenches. Yeah, not converting on the yeah. fourth down. And and despite being sixteen and five, a lot of those games they've won. Kind of wire to wire. Yeah. There's not been a they, – they had a few comebacks here and there. They had the good comeback against the Bears. Yeah. But it's just – it's kind of not in their wheelhouse to get down bad. No, no. come back. It, well, and even so. when they, they, they have, uh, there's only been one game in this stretch that I can think of where they've been blown out, and that was the Baltimore game. Yeah. Because, uh, like you said, even the losses have been very close. Even last year before they – or they got good. There are only a couple of those losses that were yeah, oh yeah, that were bad. They played good teams right to the wire last yes. year. Yes. So, anyways, so that, here's hope. Yeah, here's hoping the Lions bounce back because I'm on the. I, I'm right still now. looking for at least a two seed, if not a. Philly's got to have a collapse at this point to get a to get a one seed for Detroit. Yeah, but yeah, uh, so, I still think they can get the two seed. It'll be tight. It'll be tight because uh, don't forget the Niners. Right. So, well, they've had a little bit of struggles here and yeah, there. So, yeah. you know, I mean, seven and three is not, or I guess, presuming they win this weekend, they'll be eight and three as well. But 
Yeah, well, they already have. Yeah, they did. They, okay. they 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 played uh, Thursday night also. Did they, see, I didn't watch Seattle. any of the evening yeah. games. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so they're there, and then yeah. So you're it's going to be Eagles, Niners, then Lions, uh, and then whoever manages whoever to, stumbles out of the, the south. south. Yeah, so you know. Yeah, and, and Detroit's already eight beaten, and seven if they're lucky. Uh, three of the four. Oh yeah, in the south. Yeah. So and then the other dangerous team will be Dallas. Yeah, they'll they'll be the the fifth seed. So, anyways, we <laughs> we've just lost our. our <laughs> yeah, so we're done talking about overpaid men playing with their balls on a field of grass. Mm, yes, See, I, I'm I'm surprised. The only thing I've been hearing about football lately is Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, he As somebody once said, "I'd rather see her play with something." Never mind. So we can just get that girl, you know, convert to Catholicism, get her in a church. We'd be doing great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, would be a hell of a draw, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So, uh, yes, I, I just was uh, giving the heaping the praise on Michael Mann and, and Heat. Um, just, again, super performances, well-written, terrific dialogue that, that, that is so real. It really puts you right in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, with both the cops and the bad guys, um, a great Val Kilmer performance. Um, so this is this movie's from '95. So like a lot of our movies, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, pre 2000 mm-hmm. generally. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, this is not. This is probably uh, even though I don't know. I call the the Pacino and De Niro. This is the height of their popularity because this is really. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, yeah, this is 20 years past Godfather. Right, but I mean, it's it's at a point where. They are elder statesmen of the craft. Yeah, I mean they're they are generally regarded during this period as as being still Oscar level guys, right? That yeah. command big time money. I think De Niro's referred to this as one of his last great roles in, yeah. the, in his yeah. career that really stood out. Yeah, the thing that that I love about the the movies that we we have chosen both now and and all time, uh, they have common. Uh, elements. Uh, yeah. Part of it, it's it's the great cast. Uh, many of the movies that we have chosen have had uh, just a, a an incredible number of high end performers. Uh, this one as well. And uh, there's always been that. There's been an element of uh, just uh, good writing, good, good story writing, to them, whether it's campy, stories. funny, yeah. it's the writing. I was, yeah. And but yeah, but it's always a combination because you can have the best script, but if you don't cast it right, it's going nowhere. It's totally flat. Uh, and so, you know, that's the things that we are drawn to. Is we've talked about craft a million times on this show, but it's it really it drives our picks. It really does. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking about Silverado. You know, just there's about the performances. Uh, we've talked about all the other movies we've talked about. They've either been just. Uh, a fun romp to where you don't even notice that stuff because it's just entertaining. But be, what makes it entertaining is the combination of the cast and the script. You know, you even look at better off dead. One of the early ones that I chose, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by today's standards, a lot of famous actors in that movie, <laughs> but oh, yeah. you know, they were yeah. unknowns at the time yeah. for the most part. And it was, it was seen as, it's like, nobody made any sense out of it. At right, the it was time. a teen I'm, comedy. It didn't, yeah. it didn't even do well as a mm-hmm. teen Teen yeah. comedy, but it, it it did well in the in the in the video rental, yeah, and things like that. It became a cable. cult classic. Yeah, it, it is uh, viewed as a cult thing now, 
and you know it's because of the the kind of the wink and a nod writing style. Yes. Of yes, I know this is goofy, but you'll enjoy it and you'll be thinking about it 30 years from now. Mm-hmm. It, it's a film that endures. It's it, and that's the thing about all. They endure. Um, it, it, it's kind of like a Lebowski thing. The movie abides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great stuff, though. I mean, all the way around. I mean, there, you know, any of the movies we've chosen over the the, the episodes we've done uh, are well worth watching. And look at the genres we've chosen. You know, we've chosen everything from uh, straight out teen comedies to mm-hmm. uh, you know campy Amazon women yeah. kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, you know, to uh, Francis's you know, if Francis were here, I'm sure we'd have some kind of uh, highbrow pick because that, that tends to be the, the kind of stuff that he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but you, you know, know he likes to do literate stuff. But yeah, yeah. So as opposed uh, to us doing illiterate stuff. Yeah. Well the movies that for me, movies and television, I tend to choose for the um, not exactly cathartic entertainment. There's an element to that, mm-hmm. but and and entertainment where I don't have to think about it. Not mindless entertainment exactly, mm-hmm. uh, but just movies that I can just experience and enjoy. Uh, you know, I don't want to have to ponder the meaning behind it has to it. pull you into its own world yes if i'm thinking about what it means and all of this stuff then mm-hmm. that may be fun and interesting but my primary purpose is partially because you know i'm one of those people and i'm sure most of us because uh, these kind of people that i tend to be drawn to uh there's an internal conversation that is constantly going on mm-hmm uh, in other words, I can't shut up inside my own head. Some people call that schizophrenia. Well, that's what Joe said, but I don't listen to him anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's like when I'm watching stuff, my mind has a tendency to fill in the outcome before it's even there. See, I try not yeah. to. 90% like to of the there. time, I know what's going to happen before it ever happens. There yeah. are very few movies that surprise me. See, my brain has always thought like that. I cannot turn it off. ADHD. Yes, See, that's, it is. That's one of the things that, that um, uh, I have made myself be able to do. It's because you're right. If I start thinking about that stuff, then yes. And some things, they will, because uh, they're so obvious. Some things are just so mm-hmm. obvious, you can't yeah. Yeah. miss it. Um, but I have made myself purposely ignore, you know, to, to make that, that leap. All right, what is the logical mm-hmm. outcome? Or what's the obvious outcome? Or... Whatever, uh, because if I don't, I don't enjoy it as much. You know, I mm-hmm. I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it loses a lot if I know what the ending of a movie is, mm-hmm. especially if there's a twist. Yeah. Uh, or if I know the ending of the score, final score of a, a sports contest. Doesn't matter what it is, hockey, basketball, baseball, foot. Doesn't matter. I don't need to watch it. There is no more drama. There's no more mis- mystery. Yeah. Once that's gone, no, don't need to watch. I don't care anymore. Yeah, because to me, the in those kind of things, the outcome is the important thing. Yeah, um, and sure, I might want to see some of that. now. If it's, if, when Barry Sanders was still playing, <laughs> yes, I would have watched that game just to watch that man run. Yeah, but you know that's about the only thing. Yeah. I, I liked I liked 
to force myself to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though these are, we're talking about movies we would watch at any point, you know, um, it, it's because they draw, like you said, Cajun, you get drawn in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, you know, you're, you can, especially something like Silverado, mm-hmm. it's so well constructed and the dialogue and, and the settings are so good. You feel like you could be there. You could yeah. be at the other end of the bar. You become from, immersed into it. Yes, you're, you're very itself. much immersed in the world. Heat's the same way. You could, you feel yourself could be standing there next to Pacino um, while he's planning all the surveillance of the crew, and right, and, right, and you feel like you're one of the cops standing there with him, or or you, you know, the the world of the bad guys, the crooks, is so well constructed. You you start to feel like you understand uh, Neil McCauley. Yeah, you know, and you know, to use the parlance of today, that that's the authenticity. Yeah, uh, you know, you gotta love the be, authenticity. It, it may not be authentic in the sense that it is perfectly one hundred percent accurate. It, it's authenticity in the sense that you, it, it you know, <laughs> to use a Dan Rather phrase, it's it's got that level of truthiness. It feels yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. real. Yeah, uh, without being uh, slanted. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's the small bits of behavior that you see this glimpse into the world of the crew, um, Kilmer and, and Sizemore. You you start to understand. Yeah, these are not guys who can have a regular life. They've stolen enough that they could. That's actually pointed out to Tom Sizemore's character. It's like, look, you've been mm-hmm. you've been in this crew all this time. You don't have to do this stuff. It's a cowboy score, they call it. You know, when they're planning the bank robbery. We got all this heat on us. You can get out. And he's like, nah, I love the action. I love the juice. I got to do excitement. it. excitement. Yeah, I got to do it. Addicted to the excitement. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you you can sit there and watch that scene and go, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it out of these guys. They have made me believe, you know, that, that they can't live without the action. Right. Well, you know, that's something that... Um, for those of us that that are creative types, it's a similar kind of thing. Uh, when you talk, to, you, you think about the the great writers that we love. Uh, not all of them have been commercially successful, uh, you know, until later in life or mm-hmm. until after their death. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, think about Van Gogh. The man sold one painting, uh, and that's because <laughs> his, his brother got somebody to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet today, he's the most. Uh, uh, Essentially, uh, the most commercially successful commercially of all time yeah. because the paintings go for the most dollar. Yes, per, when they are auctioned per, off. Yeah, per painting, hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah. Um, people like that, you know, it, like a Stephen King. He's he's probably the epitome of successful author that he, he, you know, twenty years ago he never had to write another book. Yeah, and he could maintain an incredibly not that he does maintain a, a wealthy, you know, life of the the rich and famous lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But you do that stuff because you have to. You have to. You have to get it out. Right. And that's the same kind of thing that Sizemore's character was talking about. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you don't do it because you need to do it. King's imagination was much better before he became sober. I hate to say it, but there is some truth to that. Uh, there, is, there is some truth to that. Uh, the, the, the guys on uh, Writer Dojo were talking about that in a recent episode. Yeah. Uh, talking about how, you know, he was much better when he was on cocaine. <laughs> was their point. Um, so, and, you know, there, there's some yeah. uh, truth to that because as a sober writer, he, he tends to, to let uh, 
views that maybe not everybody cares to hear into it. And, you know, that's, as an author, his, yeah. his, his right. Uh, but, you know, he's, yeah, there, there's, there is some truth. Plus, you know, after, you know, 80 or 90 books, uh, you know, I think you find yourself uh, repeating a few things here. And, and nobody there. edits you. And nobody edits you. When you're Stephen King, nobody edits. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not true. Carrie, his first novel. I'm sure that was edited. Yeah. Well, uh, no, but at, at 80 and yeah. plus books, nobody edits you. But, but I believe Carrie's wife pulled it out of the trash or something and said, yep. nope, you're going to finish this. I've looked yep. it over and do it. He, he originally threw that manuscript away, and uh, that was his first sale. According to On Writing, he got a $400,000 advance for his first novel. Now, you know, uh, Cage and I, we're, we're very much... Uh, that, was a, that was a lot of money in 1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1873-1